right now it has a bad product market fit. So the product is, is not really, for whom is it actually? It was actually a hype and it was only popular because it was popular. So, three, two, one. Welcome to the Innovation Engineer Podcast, your favorite place for picking brains of your favorite engineers. So grab your nerdiest mugs, fill it with your beverage of choice and enjoy. My name is Tarek. And my name is Washi, and today we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is audio. So I'm a huge audio nerd, uh, started actually years ago, and you know, this having your own podcast is a trend nowadays. Um, everyone needs to do podcasts, as you know. So, but this is one question I always like feel is very important is, did audio actually kill the video star? Is audio now more important than video? How big will it actually be, be right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's totally true. And intuitively, I would say uh, that's, that's crazy because audio is like a very old format. And in, in the very past, we listened to radio. And uh, the, the phrase that you just used, um, it, it comes from um, video killed the radio star, right? When the, the music videos were um, killing the back then standard of radio and so uh, th this is crazy but in the past years we actually saw so much uprising of this trends of podcast and audio formats um, that it's really interesting to look into it why this happened and why it became so popular in the last years uh, so um, maybe Vashi um, wh why is it one of your favorite topics? So because it's um, asynchronous and easy to listen to. So uh, back in the days when I started working uh, for Siemens around 2007, um, we were listening to radio a lot. So when we were like in our uh, outpost, actually in the mining site, we were listening to radio like all day. That's what we like programmed to. And later on, um, especially when I got uh, a son, um, I was going around with my son a lot and you don't have your hands free. So, but I got AirPods, like, you know, the... Uh, true wireless um, mic, uh, headsets from, from Apple. And uh, what do you do when you're going around, you don't have your hands free, you're listening to things. So it's obviously um, not only podcasts, it's also audiobooks. So I, I love reading. So I do read since, I don't know, I'm a teenager, I read a lot of books. So really, really a lot of books. And when I started my career, I also read a lot of like um, technical books on the weekends, on, on my commute times and so on. But nowadays, when you have more things to do and you have more um, stuff you need to take care of, like your family and your job and so on, my reading time became less and less and less. And then I just started, um, after I started with podcasts, I started uh, with audiobooks. It was like, wow, again, it feels like reading again. So now I have more time. I can use like times when I'm driving my car, for example, to listen to a book. Um, back in the days, I just was uh, listening to maybe music or radio, but this was just like background noise, not active listening. And now I can use this time way better. So like with uh, podcasts and audiobooks, my day feels like it doesn't have 24 hours. Like before uh, I started doing it, it, it feels like 30 hours at least. So I have more time for me, for ti more time for stuff I really like. So this really helps me um, to, to like get into my hobbies again like reading but like kind of terms of listening yeah. so what's with you i know like you also like listen to podcasts right yeah but i only started recently um i'm basically someone who really enjoys video formats and i'm watching stuff and uh, for a very very long time i did not understand where this hype is coming from and so only recently i started listening to podcasts because there is this huge 
um, volume of of um, people creating them and so many topics that you you really have the liberty to choose from. Um, and then I started listening to podcasts when I was uh, like driving a car or I'm out, outside. Not so much for uh, for working out, for example. There, I still enjoy listening to music. Um, but whenever I uh, need like my my main intention somewhere else, then I'm not watching videos, but actually to listen to podcasts. But I'm very very selective. I'm I'm really choosing what I'm listening to. I'm I'm not. I don't have this huge queue of podcasts that I need to listen to. And also radio, I'm, I'm not really enjoying radio. So I'm, I'm very, very selective. And that's why I'm still skeptical um, if this is really something that will like kill um, the, the video star. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, when you know, so I say video star again, which reminds me, do you know what the first video was? Uh, MTV played when they, what, what they aired as a first video. Of course, I wanted to say I was there, but that's that's a lie. <laughs> I'm not that old. No, but of course, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw like the the uh, historic documentations of the first um, broadcast of MTV. Yeah, it, it was exactly the song, right? Uh, radio yeah. killed. No, sorry, video killed the radio star from yes. I forgot what band it was. Oh, I also don't know. I know the song, and I uh, probably could sing it a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that was like kind of prediction what will happen, what they wished for. And uh, in the beginning, it was just like a nice thing, like, you know, video, uh, like music videos on television. Nobody really believed this would be a big thing, right? They laughed right. a little bit about it in the beginning. Yeah. So and, and, th and then later, especially in the 90s, before the internet, actually, so internet changed the game again. Uh, but there was like this time where it was impossible to bring out a new song without a video. It was like crazy yeah. times. Right, so it's, right. It's like you, I, yeah, you want to listen to music. Bit, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it felt a little bit arrogant if you take a look at uh, the the old claim of MTV, but it was true, and they foresaw that this new. And this is the interesting part when we talk about this metaphor today. They knew that this new emergence of technology and capability of uh, color TV and uh, everyone is going to have one or two or five TV sets at home. Um, this is is the new option of consuming media. And so they thought, why should anyone listen to radio anymore if everyone has like a TV set in every single room and we have uh, more channels and more channels. Um, and, and that's true. And if we take a look at this today, it does not make sense to say, let's remove video and listen to audio only. Um, and and I, I still want to discuss um, why people today are um, rejecting like the, the video formats and go back to the basics, basically. Yeah. So. I have a funny story for you. So back in 2020, I was working for Bertelsmann, a huge media company in Europe. And they also own the biggest streaming service in Germany, which is TV now. So which is nowadays called RTL Plus. But uh, we worked on a new um, television app. And they also own Audio Now, which is a big podcasting platform. And they also produce exclusive podcasts only for this platform. So like an app. And um, they had the question, should we bring our podcasts to our TV app? And I was like, what the fuck? Why are you even asking who would like listen to a podcast on a TV? Uh, I said, that's a stupid idea. Uh, just work, which is wasted. And then we did research, market studies, interviews, the normal stuff. And what um, came out was, uh, the results were um, a lot of people right now and this year listened to podcasts over television and i was like why and then i asked <laughs> even my 
my mother, they said, yeah, I'm, uh, when I'm like ironing uh, like a shirt, I'm uh, listening to podcasts. There was this famous Corona podcast back in the time. And uh, she was listening um, to this podcast through the television because that's the device she used how to uh, use and handle. That was like how she was used to the flow. And then I asked others or, or like one day I even came home and even my girlfriend uh, was listening to a podcast on a television. It was like, oh my God, but you're like my age. Why do you do this? You have like an iPhone. You could just use, we have so many Bluetooth speakers in our home. Why don't you use them? And I was like really astonished actually to see that um, the research was right and a lot of people listen to podcasts over television obviously without pictures because there was like just like the name of the podcast displayed yeah yeah and now that you're saying this uh, in my mind I, i try to like recap um some some great podcasts and if you think about it um, of course you could like watch these people talk to each other or with themselves um, but it wouldn't be that interesting because, like, you're watching us right now, right? The people who are watching this podcast right now, um, there's not so much happening in front of the camera. You can see our faces and everything, but the content itself um, is the valuable thing here. And uh, so it doesn't even does not matter if you switch the the video off and simply listen. Um, and so if there's a podcast or like some radio format that is really interesting you are not necess necessarily need the visual support in there and um, probably because there are now so many people creating these interesting topics about true crime or technology or i don't know mental health and all these things uh, frogs <laughs> whatever there's there's probably a frog podcast somewhere uh, out there um, and, and you can listen to it um, and you do not really need the visuals unless it is like a very uh, sophisticated documentation and then you have all the, the video stuff in there. Um, but it, it's not necessary for getting getting the content out there. And I, I really like that basically everyone can do a podcast and everyone is doing a podcast. Um, and all you need is like a phone. You, you just need a phone, you record it and it might not be like the best um, quality, but Still, you might find some content that other people want to listen to. And I think that was also the charm of YouTube, for example, when everyone was able to create some videos, more or less uh, in high quality. Um, and, and this is maybe also the, the trend um, that people are jumping onto today. It's, it's content from everyone to everyone. Which reminds me of my two favorite podcasts. So um, the first One is a runner's podcast. It's from Germany's and actually world's uh, biggest uh, running um, magazine, which is Runner's World. And they have a German podcast, a Runner's World podcast. It's the worst podcast I've ever heard. It's produced so badly. They don't even try. You know, this is like uh, professional journalists making a podcast and they are paid for it. And it's so bad. They just take a random microphone, put it in the middle of a room and just talk. They don't even cut it. They don't edit it. So uh, it's... The quality is so bad and I'm still listening to it. So, and why? Because that's, that's the people who know the most about running, which I really love. And uh, they are telling so many interesting things. They even accept this bad quality just to listen to them. And I'm always like thinking, oh my God, this quality is so bad. So there are other running podcasts out there, which are produced on a really on a high level. So really well produced and really well cut. But still, that's not like uh, the Runner's World podcast where they have the best people in there with the most knowledge telling interesting stories. So uh, that's the point. It's content. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
Right. And, and I want to tell you about uh, my second uh, favorite podcast, or maybe my favorite podcast overall, which is the Stack Overflow podcast, which is one of the oldest podcasts out on the internet, actually. It's so old, they started it by taping um, their um, phone calls. So they just had a phone call and there are like um, telephone systems they used was able to record it. And that's how they created the first episodes of the podcast. Yeah, it's, reminds yeah, me. Yeah, crazy, right? It, it's crazy, but it reminds me on, uh, of the Tech Review podcast. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the Axel Springer Ideas uh, Tech Review podcast, which is also kind of a phone call. It's a Teams meeting and uh, it's just recorded and uh, streamed as a podcast, right? Um, but the, the, the things I personally, um, I, I like the authenticity, uh, authenticity uh, what you just said, of uh, people simply want to get the message out there. And so it might not even be the uh, the highest quality podcast, even though it makes listening easier, I think. Uh, if it's really well produced and you have high audio quality, it, it makes it easier um, to listen to. But also uh, it might have a certain charm to for the listener to simply tap into something like a phone call. Yeah, So it's, it's really like you're just listening in of what they are doing all the time. I personally, I barely have regular podcasts that I'm um, like subscribed to and listen to every single episode. Usually I'm, I'm Googling or get recommendations for certain episodes uh, for some podcasts and, and then I'm, I'm switching them. The own, there's one podcast that I, I'm not able to leave. That's the, the Rooster Teeth podcast uh, from Rooster Teeth Productions in Texas. Um, and the, the weird thing is I'm not even watching their videos or their shows or their content but these people are so hilarious they are weekly podcasts they are just sitting together four or five people and they are recapping um, everything that happened in the week uh, so uh, here something went wrong and something and i read an article there and they are just talking to each other and they are so hilarious um in, in, in their chemistry and how they are interacting, it's it's just so enjoyable for me to listen in and having fun together with them while they are uh, like drinking a beer or um, just laughing about crazy things that happened or misunderstandings or uh, accidents on, on set or something like that. Yeah. So weirdly, their podcast is just like a supporting thing that they are doing on the side next to their actual productions and I, I, I don't consume the actual productions. I'm simply watching like this behind the scene podcast when they are recapping their week. It, it's that that's just for fun. Yeah. It's it's not it's not even educational. It's it's really just for fun. And it's it's totally fine that it's audio only. And I think you answered your own question. So why are like uh, specific formats so successful? Why is audio so successful? It's an it's personal right so that, yeah. that's also the charm of low production quality even sure. some television stations in, in germany um so when corona started they needed to produce some shows some interviews like via like low quality um, phone calls skype calls whatever they just had because people could not come to studios so and that was a trend especially for um like Uh, the yellow press uh, when they interviewed some people and it became highly successful that even like uh, public television stations copied this trend and um, 
not, not they really tried to produce lower quality stuff because it <laughs> felt more authentic so it, it felt more personal and the same is true is true of podcasts so you're actually kind of taping into like um, a talk between people like people just sitting in, in a coffee corner in like uh, an innovation tech startup and you're just listening to what they talk to right and yeah. that's the charm it's it's way more personal you get to know the people way more often so When I, I was uh, interviewed in, for a podcast in 2019, uh, one of my favorite podcasts um, uh, from a person called Florian, I've never met him before. He worked for the same company I worked for, but I have listened to like 20 episodes of his podcasts. So then he asked me, uh, Vashi, do you want to come to my podcast? And I was, yes, yes. And I started talking with him. Uh, and then I realized, okay, I'm way too personal with him. I know a lot about <laughs> him. I, it feels like we are friends, but he does not know me actually. So yeah. that's the that's feeling the podcast it, it created within me that I know this person really as kind of a friend. Right. <laughs> so which reminds me of, of another thing uh, which created this feeling, which is Clubhouse. You know, this yeah. is one strange app which emerged beginning of, I guess, 2020, whenever, and then 2021 became super famous. Is it already dead again? Um, it depends who you ask. Um, if I looked into the stats because the company itself is quite interesting and especially the big hype from last year. Um, but I personally don't know anyone who is actively using Clubhouse. Um, I, I tried it once and I, I know some people who tried it and it was nice. Yeah, it was nice, but nothing so special. Yeah. Um, but if you take a look at the numbers, uh, Clubhouse is, is really booming. And in the heights of 2021, I think there was even um, an offer from eBay to buy Clubhouse for, uh, what was it, like $4 billion dollars or something like that. Um, so the value of this company is obviously very high and uh, Clubhouse refused this offer. They they wanted to, to keep growing and being independent. Um, And, uh, you, you know, in, in the past, it was so hyped uh, with these in invitation codes. You were not able to log into this app without an invitation code. And people were buying these invitation codes on eBay for hundreds of dollars. Um, so it, it was this high in demand. And um, the, today, I think, when was it? Someone in the beginning of the year or something, they, they said, okay, let's remove this invitation thing. And now everyone can be onboarded but they are not able to onboard everyone at the same time. And so they, they created this waiting list. And I think uh, I read that there are still 10 million people on this waiting list waiting to join. And it might be, and now this is, this is of course, just um, like interpretation. Um, it might be that all of these people, they joined this waiting list maybe a year ago and they don't even know that they're still on, on the waiting list. So, but, so Clubhouse is still bragging with 10 million people waiting to, to join. Nobody, oh, I don't know if, if anybody can say this, but um, I'm not sure how successful Clubhouse is today because the hype is kind of over. Uh, nobody is still speaking about Clubhouse. Like six months ago, it was still a big thing and everybody wanted to go to Clubhouse when um, Elon Musk was there and Mark Zuckerberg was there, but I'm not sure if they are still Clubhousing. So it's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I think I still have it still on my phone. Sometimes I get the push notification But I never log in. It's it's not that interesting for me. I personally, um, I now understand, even though I'm late to the game, where uh, podcasts can be valuable. They are 
um, discoverable, they are searchable. You can you can pick your episodes or your podcasts, so it's on demand, and that's the quality of on demand media, right? And Clubhouse is, yeah, you could say live streamed podcasts or live streamed interacting interactive podcasts. But this does not have, for, especially for me, like this um, this quality that I'm searching for because it, I can't see what is happening in there before I go in there and I'm I'm very picky in the content that I'm that I'm consuming and so I need to know in advance what it's about and that's why then in this case podcast fits better for me do, do, do you have a feeling about um, Clubhouse and if they are on an upwards or downwards trend yes yeah, so I love audio <clears throat> so when Clubhouse emerged everyone was like yeah Clubhouse is the next big thing um, I try to like it. Problem is, first of all, the audio quality. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it's so bad. It feels like a telephone call from the 19s. <laughs> so bad was the audio quality. So I, I couldn't listen to this. Um, <clears throat> I like that it was so personal. So you, you got to meet a lot of famous people. So it was really like, it felt like live listening to some really famous people, politicians. So in Germany, a lot of politicians jumped onto this train. So it was really nice to to hear like top level uh Minister of Defense, Agriculture, whatever, talk about some topics. Um, <clears throat> there were some scandals because of this, because it felt like a private room, but obviously it was public. So they said some stupid things. So that's when politicians uh, realized, okay, maybe Clubhouse is not the best <laughs> platform for them. And the other thing is, uh, like you said, it's it's live. So I got this push notification. Oh, something really cool is happening, but it's right in my family time. So I'm having like... Um, dinner with my son or whatever or i need to pick something up so i can't listen right now so yeah. that's why i love podcasts and audiobooks i can listen in the time i can't do other things but with clubhouse it's it's not searchable it's not discoverable like you said so that's that's an issue and i really think it was it was the right time for it because everyone was in quarantine or like in uh, working from home and then they could not go to conferences could not do other things uh, less interviews because uh, television was not yet uh, adjusted to these new circumstances and then clubhouse emerged it was the right thing it was ex exclusive you know and exclusiveness that's something which sells well all the time you know why why some sneakers or some watches are so valuable because they only produce 10 of them yeah. right that's why they are expensive so the same happened with clubhouse because it was invite only a lot of famous people started using it they were bought at home yeah and i think it has right now it has a bad product market fit so the product is is not really for whom is it actually so obviously it was not really for politicians because it didn't work out Famous people could be, um, but now they are able to give interviews again on on like television, other things uh, and so on, which actually have a wider audience in Clubhouse because if they do a Clubhouse interview, maybe 500, maybe 1,000 people listen. If you do an interview uh, with a television station, whatever, it will be um, available via stream. It will be findable. It, there will be a transcript. Uh, and obviously the uh, audience, when they air it, is way, way bigger. So why would any famous people go to Clubhouse where the audience is so limited? It yeah. was just like a nice thing to play around with, a hype thing. So uh, everybody said it was, it will be the next big thing. But when it already started, I had the feeling that it will not stay. It was just a short-lived hype. And um, I, even on LinkedIn, when, when Clubhouse was big, everyone on LinkedIn was talking about Clubhouse. And uh, for the last, I would say even like last six months, nobody talked about it ever again. 
Yeah, that's that's a strong indication that it's it was actually a hype and on, it was only popular because it was popular. Even though from tech, technological point of view, it was an interesting. I already say it was. It is an interesting concept to to jump into this this niche um, because we are we are using video conferences every day, and video conferences they also have their their limitations of a uh, number of cameras that can be switched on at the same time, like uh, how many video feeds can be processed at the same time, and even the maximum number of participants. And you just said that um, that Clubhouse has a very low audio quality, which is true, but at the same time, it's very um, impressive that they, I don't know, hundreds, they, they managed to deal with hundreds of listeners at the same time, which can be individually... Um, brought into the conversation and thrown out i think yeah, i'm not that familiar with with uh, what they're doing but I, i believe um this is the quality that they can really have a huge crowd listening in and dynamically add people to the speaker uh, speaker list um and so they are a little bit more scalable than video conferences and if it's simply for exchanging information it's like with the podcast you don't necessarily need video and so this is a niche that is valuable to be filled by a company. But I'm not sure, and this is the big question, if they are um, really suited for being one of the mainstream platforms for communication or pseudo-podcasting, right? Um, so I, I guess they will stay for a certain type of group and conversations and events, But the majority of people will probably go back to YouTube or simply um, on-demand podcasting, yeah, depending on what, what they are trying to do. And I, when I say YouTube, I mean like uh, live streaming, twitching, YouTubing, everything that you can do live. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. So Clubhouse is not the next big thing and not the next big thing in audio. Um, it was very funny that you said like the scaling quality of yes. of Clubhouse because there's a very famous uh, blog post which Clubhouse um, published about uh, the technical issues they had and they gave a lot of insights about the technical issues. Um, remind me at the end of the episode, I really need to tell you this uh, because it's very interesting for uh, technical uh, listeners and viewers but um, let's jump actually back to the question what is the next big thing yeah. because Clubhouse it's obviously not but the numbers still are growing so uh, like if I think back in 2019-20 when everyone was still talking about podcasts there um, had the gross numbers so even in the German market was growing year by year and there's still the American market which you can always say uh, they are ahead of the European market three to four years always um, it was already three times as big um, compared to the German market. So you know, or so you knew actually back in the in the days that uh, the German audio market would grow immensely in the upcoming years, and uh, it was true. So like again, in 2000, end of 2020, I was working for Bertelsmann, and uh, they had this television um, channel RTL. Mm -hmm. um, which is the most successful television channel in Germany, and they are producing a lot of. Um, Uh, uh, how is it called? Real life documentary stuff. Uh, how is it called? Actually, this the style of of, of things, uh, like uh, where you put like people reality set. TV. Is yeah, it? yeah, kind of reality TV. Yes. So, um, and they had different uh, formats like uh, Guilty Island or whatever. I, I'm, I'm not just into a normal television, so I, I don't know <laughs> exact stuff. So, uh, but I knew the numbers because I was uh, working on, on on their TV app and and on the podcasting stuff, and they had this. This um, show, which aired um, at 
10 in the evening, 10 p.m. Uh, for one hour. A lot of uh, viewers, like, really successful. And then after that episode, they had a podcast for one hour where they talked about the show and had some of the participants also talking in it. Mm. So and this obviously aired from um, 11 p.m. in the night until midnight. And I was like, okay, after you... Um, watched for one hour in the night, uh, um, we live, whatever show. Um, and then who's going to listen to a podcast discussing actually only this one single episode. <laughs> and, and then I saw the numbers and the money they made with ads. And I was like, what the hell? Hundreds of thousands of people still listen directly after they aired the TV show on TV. They are listening to the podcast. Yeah. I was like, astonished i was like who the hell does this yeah middle in the night so and um if you just look into the numbers of ad revenues even the growth in 2021 you could say okay actually podcast audio grows and uh, audiobooks maybe it's already peaking but if you look at the growth numbers of 2021 last year It's still going very, very strong. And um, I would say for the next years, it will, the market will grow immensely. So I don't know when the peak will be reached, but like podcasts are still booming like hell. And um, there are like doubling ad revenues uh, nearly um, each year. And if you look at, at ad revenues from big radio channels, uh, from uh, even traditional newspaper uh, publishers, um, and also from Spotify. They are making a lot of money through um, advertisement and podcasts, actually. That's uh, one of their biggest segments. And it is still growing. Yeah. Now that you're telling this story with uh, these companion podcasts to, to other formats, this reminds me that I actually listened to a podcast back in the time where I had no idea what a podcast was. And now that I'm remembering, it totally makes sense. And it even had the name. Um, it, It was like eight years ago or so when, when I watched the show Battlestar Galactica, the new version of Battlestar Galactica. There was a podcast on YouTube, which was always airing directly after the latest episode and was called the Battlestar Galacticast. <laughs> and so it was kind of exactly this podcast. It was two people who were watching the latest episode And immediately afterwards, sitting together, discussing for an hour what happened in the latest episode. And they were so good in the way that they were recapulating all the story elements and the character developments. And I, because I was so into the show, I really enjoyed listening to them analyzing the story. Um, and this was exactly maybe one of the first um, companion podcasts to a, a TV show production or something like that. Um, and I, I was not aware that this was like a podcast and I, I watched it on YouTube um, even though I had no idea what, what a podcast was and I think today there is uh, not only in German television I think even HBO and uh, the, the major networks they actually have this format where people are discussing the latest episode and it is directly broadcasted after the premiere of, of the latest episode of show XY I think it was with The Walking Dead I saw this and uh, Game of Thrones I think they had something like that um, where after the episode... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, 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 yeah it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, And I guess the target audience is obviously the hardcore fans who can't get enough. And after they watch the original content, um, they need to stay in there. They need to stay immersed and they need this, this uh, yeah, virtual group of hardcore fans staying in there. And they could probably listen for two or three or five hours of, of additional material, even though it's not from the actors or it's not from the, the, the author, but simply having 
like-minded people discussing the thing that they are they they are burning to talk about. Yes, and you learn a lot of things actually. So um, if you watch something, um, you're actually really hungry to get to know more yes. about the backgrounds yeah. and stuff. And those are the people who know the, the things. And um, one of my favorites is actually kind of a, not really a long podcast, but some special episodes about Rick and Morty and mm. the session sauce. <laughs> and this is like produced by, uh, I think it was three parts, uh, produced by Kotaku, the, the gaming nerd website. And it was like a special, uh, like three episode podcast about the backgrounds, about why they did it, uh, Rick and Morty, and actually what the fans did, like how they reacted, what happened with McDonald's, kind of a thriller wise. And uh, yeah, really great. Uh, I loved it. You need to listen to it. Um, and also... Um, what um, the, the sister of my girlfriend listens to a lot is true crime podcasts. Mm -hmm. So it's another thing. Um, and somehow true crime, so like really telling crime stories is the most successful podcast genre in Germany. So and I was like, okay, so it's, I, I can understand companion podcasts, right? That totally makes sense. If you are a, a fanboy or a fangirl, uh, you love this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you will listen to this kind of things. But True crime? There is not, I mean, there is not like uh, much other true crime formats in, in television. It's it's mainly podcasts. Yeah, yeah. But it's highly successful. Right. Yeah, that's true. Even though you could imagine that uh, true crime in Germany is not that interesting as in uh, the USA, for example, where you have these really crazy crime dramas. Yeah, I mean, crime, crime in Germany is probably someone scratched my car, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they are not only talking about Germany. Obviously, uh, they are, there are some really, really interesting cases in Germany. And they're also like uh, talking about 40-year-old cases. Oh, okay. Uh, but some are also talking about like international cases. So it, it depends on, right? So everything which is interesting to those true crime fans. But I think it's it's easier to create a podcast uh, from production like uh, money-wise, I would say, um, than creating a television show or even a magazine. So who would have created a true crime television show? It would most likely not be successful on television. Um, but like there are fans out there. And if you can please them, that's, that's very great. So there are like a lot of different, I would say, fandoms and like interests and niches. And with podcasts where it's easier to produce them, um, you can create content for wider, uh, not, uh, for more niche audience, for actually more, I would say, uh, quantity. So it's not about the quality of a single podcast, but you can like create something for everyone, which I really like. This also explains a little bit of success because um, it, it turns out there are a lot of niche topics people are interested in, which they don't get content through other media. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but now, Vashi, you already hyped me up uh, for the all these t technical limitations and the, the blog post of um, of uh, Clubhouse, uh, where you wanted to yeah. tell me about um, what actually went on there behind the scenes. What what, what was that about? Yeah. So. Um The thing is, um, Clubhouse was like um, an unknown app actually before Corona. So I think it started 2019, 2020. Uh, some people started talking about it and then they had their breakthrough, right? So within, I would say, four weeks, um, their traffic increased and those numbers are directly from that blog post from 10,000 requests a minute to uh, 1 million backend requests a minute. So they only had like two full-time backend engineers. And the sad thing is um, their backend was written and Python. And Python um, is known to not be very resource efficient. And that's the thing. So uh, 
in another podcast episode, I really need to talk to you uh, about like, is Go language, the, the language Go, uh, Golang, really saving the world? Because a lot of companies are nowadays uh, switching from other languages to Go because it promises performance. And even the company uh, I'm working right now for, Bitly, they started with Python and did in the last two years rewrite everything in <laughs> Go uh, for performance reasons. I mean, Bitly is, is really big. So they are like the biggest link shortener. They have millions of millions of requests, so it makes sense. But um, as I said, um, Clubhouse started with Python. Their traffic increased. And the sad thing is uh, their servers um, could or needed to auto-scale at around uh, one third of CPU usage. So it was very, very wasteful because Python was not able to really, it's it's not only like wasting a lot of CPU because it's imperformant, it's only it's also not able. They used uh, Gunnicorn uh, with uh, Nginx and it was not able to really use the full server actually. And uh, then they just scaled up to over a thousand servers because it's the only thing they could do because there was no other options for them. And then the load balancer of their whatever pseudo cloud provider had issues and they could not uh, had a lot of like outages and, and servers when they tried to scale or when they tried to do deployments and the load balancer had issues. They couldn't find the reasons. So and then they thought, okay. Uh, maybe we need bigger service. So <laughs> let's bring out the big guns. And they tried to switch to, um, if I remember correctly, uh, the servers from, I don't know, eight uh, virtual CPUs to 96 virtual CPUs per server. And then they had a lot of other issues again, and it was not able to scale so on uh, and so on. And the end of the story is Python really did suck. It was not able to scale. Even their uh, whatever niche cloud provider they used was not able to scale with the load balancer of over a thousand uh, instances. Then they had Nginx, which was not able to handle multiple instances of Gunnicorn because now they had 96 Uh, CPUs needed to somehow use them, did not work out, and they needed to find some solutions. Obviously, the best choice would have been to, um, if you want to bring something to scale, use a language and some frameworks which are doing this out of the box, right? If you would write something in, in Go, for example, or most likely even in Java, uh, you would have not had these issues, right? Um, but they had, and their, their solution was uh, replacing Nginx with HA proxy, so high available proxy, which is another software. Yeah. So to somehow get the systems up, but still they had so many troubles scaling. So that was the biggest issue when they become successful, they were not able to scale for a long time. So that was, I guess, one of the reasons why they had this invites, still had this invite system, <laughs> um, it could not release an Android app. So I guess the, the Android app was, uh, it was iOS only. Mm. And they released the Android app, I guess, at the beginning of this year. And my guess is that they would not have been able to release the Android app because they already had performance. They could not take in more users. It was impossible. Yeah. So actually, um, maybe nowadays they would have been still a thing if they were able to open up right from the beginning. But because their system uh, was too much request base, so that it was really not written to scale, actually, also from the architecture and from the technology choices. I think this is also a reason why they are not successful nowadays. Yeah, it's it's really weird because I, I thought, or my expectation from this kind of company was that when they started, one of their prime, um, let's say, business goals would be scalability because what is the niche that they are filling up? Um, it, it is like huge crowds of people who want to join these uh, audio rooms, right? Or may maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's it's not the size that they were targeting, but like the 
specific um, uh, interest groups or something. But my, my expectation would have been that they they target scalability from from the first day on. And uh, seeing this tech stack it does not really read this way. Yeah, first of all, um, startups should not aim for this. So in general, um, we. Maybe we should have a dedicated episode where we talk about scaling technically and mm. company-wise because this is a really cool topic, in my opinion. So, But the first thing a startup should aim for is speed and, and features mm. and not scalability. So you should sacrifice everything for speed because you need to, if you go by Eric uh, uh, Ries Lean Startup, you should try out as many things as possible and then scalability is not that important. That can, you can bring in later on. So just you need to try out a lot of different things. So and yeah. when you use Python, which is um, very efficient for like data science, experimentations, prototyping. So this, Python is great for this kind of things, right? So it's a, actually the right choice to start with. The problem is if you become successful overnight, you have a lot of issues. Um, but even if you use other technologies, I could give you some examples. You will run into limitations. Limitations yeah. you have never known before existed, right? <laughs> right, right. And as you just said, uh, maybe this was the aspect that broke um, couples in the end. And they might have been more successful if they were would have been able to scale faster. Yeah. Yes, we, we'll never know. But mm. um, coming back to actually our original topic, podcasts, have you actually talked about, you said, uh, uh, battle, star, cast, whatever, what podcast actually means? Where does this word come from? It's not very, uh, not very natural word, right? You would normally call it a, an audio stream or whatever, right? Why is it called podcast? Yeah, um, I don't have the perfect answer for that. I googled about this because I was also curious. Um, and, and the easy answer is um, that the word pod comes from the iPod because at the day, um, when Apple was uh, big with the with the iPod, they introduced um, the podcast format in, in iTunes, and so they were the ones making podcasts um, or this audio format popular. And so it makes sense to to have it like named podcast. But um, I also read that the original author or the the inventor of the word podcast was um, uh, someone I think a, a developer. What was his name? Um, Danny Gregoire uh, on the iPodder dev mailing list. And he asked this question, like, how should we call something like this? Yeah, let's call it a, a podcast. Yeah, and so it was just brainstorming in this mailing list. Um, and this was in 2004. So obviously before um, it was adopted by, by Apple. And so the, the question would be, um, if, if Apple is actually the inventor of the word podcast or if they are simply... Uh, taking on um, this word and uh, driving it further. And I also read that um, people do not like to use podcasts in the term like iPod, but simply using something like pr produced uh, or pr produced on demand or something like this. Yeah, So using the word POD as uh, some acronym for something, even though um, it derived from the time um, where people were developing stuff for the podcast. And interestingly, um, from the economic uh, point of view, um, the, the iTunes store was uh, using the podcast format on um, Apple only, of course, because it was iTunes. And so they always were like this closed format. And when later... Um, Companies like Spotify, for example, um, they jumped onto the train and also adopted audio formats in, in this way, like um, radio on demand. Um, they were this open platform. Yeah? Spotify was open for everyone. And so from today's point of view, even though Apple was the one 
bringing um, the, the podcast format to the masses, they are not necessarily the leader anymore because there are today so many open platforms um, who are preferable because they are not only Apple, Uh, limited to Apple, um, that that you could say that Apple made a, a bad uh, business choice back then uh, when they had this golden topic or this golden format in, exclusively in their hands, and and today they are surpassed by by other platforms. And yeah, today um, podcasts are not necessarily known for being an Apple product, but simply like an open format. Um, that you can enjoy anywhere and you can basically also download podcasts wherever you are not even limited to to a podcast platform yeah, yeah. and so which is uh, funny I, yeah. i also started listening to podcasts on an ipod touch second generation that was the first uh, ipod i got and that's what actually brought me into this so i remember now it like uh, 15 years ago i started on, on an ipod yeah <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> As I said, yeah, I, I was completely uh, unaware of the history and uh, all the formats. For, for me, it was really like, what's the thing? Uh, and I'm using Spotify. And so I open up Spotify and I'm just searching for it. Independent yeah. from Apple. Yeah. So sad thing for Apple, a uh, great thing for us that it's now uh, wider used because, you know, right. <clears throat> Apple is always like a closed garden. So uh, you either are a, an iOS or iPod uh, or an iPhone user or you're not like with Clubhouse, uh, but it's not open for everyone. I prefer things which are open for everyone because it yeah. makes it successful. Um, my mother would never have an iPhone, uh, but she has like a TV and a listening podcast to TV. And also trying to answer the, the original question is... Um, audio killing the video star i think it's it's very clear that it's it's not because it's something different right because even youtube uh, is now having podcasts and there are like even um like ranking podcasts in the search algorithm which have video better than they which only have like uh, um, a picture in there so uh it's it's a widely used format um, but one thing uh, which we didn't really touch is actually radio, because I yeah. think radio <laughs> is really dying. So um, if I remember a lot of people I knew from back in the days who, while working, listened to radio, they are nowadays either listening to Spotify or they're listening to podcasts, often yes. podcasts in Spotify, actually. Exactly. This would have been exactly my answer. So does it kill video? No, absolutely not. If you want to watch something on video, you're not moving away from the video and uh, listening to podcasts. But this on-demand format kills radio even more because which audience is captured or which, which audience is converted, it's exactly the radio audience. And the good question would be, who still listens to radio? Those who do not have access to anything else. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, I mean, even my, my mother, while ironing a shirt, is actually listening to podcasts. Uh, I would yeah. assume before she listens to uh, um, either music or most likely radio, because she's a generation who grew up more with radio and listening to radio. They even yeah. taped radio shows and uh, made uh, mixtapes right. out of radio recordings, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, sad times for radio. <laughs> Yeah, it is actually. But, you know, um, it's not only like radio producers. So Bertelsmann also owns the biggest um, uh, RT, uh, radio network um, in, in Germany. They jumped onto this podcast train. So uh, all the exclusive podcasts and so on are produced within their actually radio network. So they, at least in Germany, they saw this trend and they jumped onto it. So right now it's uh, especially um, professional journalists and radio so on who's, who are producing the most successful podcasts actually, right? Yeah, right, right. 
So I think the, the market will change. Maybe in some years it will be our children will just know it as radio, and what they actually mean is podcasts because right. it's not really radio. So maybe the name will change in like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm curious to see what comes next because kind of we we already have everything. Yeah. Now now maybe the metaverse uh, will bring some new whatever format like uh, immersive storytelling, true crime while you're standing in the middle of it or something. Yeah. This this might be something. Um, but but in terms of classic media, uh, we have uh, audio, we have video. So. I'm not sure if we can extend this this realm, yeah. or maybe the Elon Musk brain implants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, brain implants. That's great. So I really want one. Uh, it would be great <laughs> because uh, you only currently I need to click on so many stuff here. So that's being able to control like my video camera right now with my brain would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Even though it sounds scary, and I'm guessing a lot of things will go wrong. <laughs> Yeah, we could talk about being a cyborg in one of another episode because sure. uh, I actually uh, am on the way to become one. Uh, very personal story. But I actually, if we want to talk about the hottest topics uh, right now in, in engineering, I think the scaling topic and actually what happened with Clubhouse on a technical level would be great. And also like talking about the Golang uh, as a language, and if it's safe engineering, make everything scalable would be, um, is it actually true, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds amazing. Let's put this uh, on the backlog and uh, wrap it up for now with Clubhouse and audio killing video or not. Yeah. So thank you very much, Vashi, uh, for all the inputs and the personal stories. Um, and let's... Uh, oh, yeah. First of all, um, everyone who's listening right now, um, let us know what you think about um, Clubhouse because there, obviously there are millions of people who are um, crazy fans of Clubhouse and using Clubhouse for, for everything but at the same time I, I don't know anyone who is doing this so please let us leave us a comment um, what you're using Clubhouse for if you're using Clubhouse or if you are a hater of Clubhouse I also want to hear about this one yeah and uh, apart from that uh, thanks for listening or watching um, and see you and hear you next time. Do we already have Bye a topic everyone. for next one? Do, do we already have a topic? No. Yeah, not really, but I think we. I want to talk either about like how is it uh, for working for an American company because oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just came back from the US. Right. So I would love to just talk how is it working for an US tech company, right? That's true. So many stories there. So definitely come back for the next episode. We will probably talk about America, Silicon Valley and the high-tech startup scene. So bye See you. for now. Bye. bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Innovation Engineer podcast. If you take any value from our content, please make sure to rate us wherever you're listening right now. All articles, products, and references we discussed in this episode will be linked in the show notes. Some of the links we provide are affiliate links that generate a small commission for us without costing you extra. Any support is highly appreciated and helps us keep this podcast alive. Visit theinnovationengineer.com to find more content about software engineering, innovation, and the hottest trends in tech today. Stay awesome.